My next guest is Tony Covino. Tony is one part of In Theory, an upcoming shape-shifting rock blues band, a collaborative group with two key players, Mike Mostert and Tony Covino. While Mike plays guitar and produces all of the band's songs, Tony is the voice of In Theory, the voice with somber despair and resounding rage, reminiscent of Soundgarden's Chris Cornell. Mike and Tony were signed EMI artists in an earlier life and together have writer, singer, guitarist and producer credits on 20 different HBO, Showtime and NBC TV shows and movies. I caught up with Tony from his home in New York and we spoke about In Theory, the two new singles The River and Heroes, The Legend of Muscle Shoals, songwriting and a whole lot more. Check it out. This show is brought to you in association with Baba Prasad from DigiSound Studios. Let's dive right in. I want to start by talking a little bit about the history of uh, In Theory. Uh, you know, I know there is the Go-Go Tuners family and now there is In Theory. So is it a band? Is it a two-piece? Uh, can you talk a little bit about the history itself? Yeah, uh, well, it, it, it's a, it's, we, don't, we don't actually right now presently have a steady drummer or bass player. But, it, but it's, a, it's a band concept. Eventually we will have a band. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, Mike and I, Mike Mostert, the, uh, he's the guitar player, co-writer, producer. And I'm the singer, co-writer. Um, me and Mike have a history. We've been in a band before, back in the 90s. We were in a band called Big Mouth. And uh, we were signed to EMI Records. And we put a record out in Europe, in Japan. And so me and Mike have a long history. Uh, so about three years ago, um, you know, we finally all the planets aligned. And we figured, you know, we, we, we want to put together a rock band because, you know, you got to remember at the time we went through the, the grunge and we went through all these different things and um, really didn't want to change the style that we were, or I was, you know, like I didn't want to all of a sudden pretend I was a grunge singer and stuff like that, which is fine. I mean, I love a lot of that stuff. Um, so we felt like it was, the time was right about three years ago to, to really kick it off and, and we feel like th- th- there's a genre now, which I'm excited about. It's called modern classic rock. So you have hopefully bands like us, bands like Rival Sons. Um, there's a band Dirty Honey. There's, there's a Greta Van Fleet. Bands like that where it's old school rock and roll. Um, and that's, that's what we're about. And uh, <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so we, about three years ago, form, formed the band and we started writing. Uh, we did two songs on that Go-Go Tuna mm-hmm. record just to, you know, get our feet wet. But we feel like right now we're, we're in a whole different thing. We're actually doing our own record. <laughs> we think our recordings and our, our writing and our music is on another level. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But there's two songs, Heroes and, and The River, and the that river. are out now. Right. We have two others that are finished. And we're actually recording two others. So our plan yeah. eventually is to have a, a full-blown full uh, EP. Yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, so tell me, Tony, how did how did Mike and you meet for the first time? I know you guys go back a long way, like you just said. How did you guys meet for the first time? Uh, well, actually, I was in, like I said, I was the singer for the band uh, Big Mouth. Mm-hmm. And we were auditioning guitar players. So Mike was one of the guitar players who came down. So he obviously got the job and uh we just became friends you know and uh all these years so we're like brothers friends and uh you know 
there's there's different people in the music business and there's you, you know there's there's a select few that have the talent but also have the drive and he has that mm-hmm. and and I, I think i have that so when you find people like that you you stay with those people because yeah. there's a honestly there's a lot of people in the business they do it that they don't really have the drive they just want to look good and do a show and they don't really want to go the extra mile mm-hmm. or so, you know, there's been times where I've sold everything just so I can go back in the studio and finish the song. You know, like a lot of people don't have the dedication, but me and Mike hit it off like that. And mm-hmm. that's why we've always stuck together through all the, all the times. And it's, it's, it's crazy how now I think we're, we're doing the best stuff we've ever done. So it's really exciting. That's interesting, right? How the, uh, how the long-term connection plays out musically as well, right? I guess there's a lot of synergy as far as songwriting and just the way you yeah. guys think, right? Yeah, yeah. And we feel, you know, we, we, we are a band. I mean, we, you know, just right now because of the COVID and all the stuff that we, we felt like we had to keep the ball rolling. So it wasn't really a time to meet, meet a full-time yeah. drummer and a full-time bass player. So we knew we had the right... We knew we had to get material out. We're doing what we can on social media. We wanted to keep the ball rolling. And um, the music is coming out great. I mean, yeah. we're, we're really proud of it. The music Hopefully is fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And um, so, but eventually that's our plan to get on the road. We will have a full full band. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look back through the history of, of great rock bands, you always had that guitar singer. You know, there's yeah. always that team. Yeah. And... Um, Hopefully, we're we're establishing that. Yeah, with the with the musicians itself on both the tracks, how did you guys go about finding the musicians on on both tracks? Uh, well, local, uh, luckily, Mike Mike's living down in uh, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and that's like a hotbed for musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and it dates back from you know Aretha Franklin started there, and and all these bands, you know, um, so. It has a history to it, and there, believe it or not, there's a circle of five or six studios that are, I mean, full time every day, like the famous Fame Studio. Yeah, and um, and we recorded East Avalon Recorders, which is our home away from home. Um, so we're doing all the music is done down there. Mike lives there. We have a drummer that's playing um, on three of our tracks. Um, and we have a bass player that's played on most of our stuff. We have actually uh, Clint, uh, Clinton Ivey, who's a famous keyboard player, who's, who's played on uh, his, I mean, you look him up, he's been on everybody's record. Um, he's just a fabulous musician. Um, so he's doing the Hammond B3 stuff mm-hmm. when, when we need it on our records. So it just has a certain band sound to it so that it's gonna be easy to transition to when we finally do find these two other guys, this is, you know, this is us. It's not like we're just bringing people in and they come in and play what they want. We already have a vision. We already have a, we have a lane that we want to be in. So whoever comes in has to kind of fit that feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So every song has a thread. It's a, it's definitely a band record. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not a, it's not a, um, you know, like sometimes people have people play and they come in, they play their style on your record and that's not what this is. Yeah, yeah. But Muscle Shoals, I think Leonard Skinner recorded there as well, right? Back, was I think it was the first album, right? 
when it skidded and actually the stones went down the there. stones went there yeah yeah stones went there just to get that feel uh, uh, more recently uh the band rival sons went down yeah. on their uh, last record and did two songs there so it has and and steven tyler went down there and oh, okay. did a lot of stuff um and it just has a history to it um can't really explain it they say it's the tennessee river yeah i you know and uh i kind of believe it you know there's just certain places when you walk in or you're in a town or you're in a certain building where you know um like uh you know uh aretha franklin sang in this room like a lot of the stuff has not changed so it just has a certain feel to it that does that make it intimidating Uh, not intimidated it 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 makes you up your game yeah you know it, it you you know it's just not another day in the studio like if you're there and you're recording and that light goes on you feel like you you know let's go for it like yeah. you know what I mean? because those people did yeah and almost like you want to carry it forward yeah you know, yeah yeah I'm not at that level I'm just saying I'm doing my version of my best absolutely and, yeah Oh you get you, I think yeah, you get Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah. No, just to think that, you know, your heroes might have recorded there or your heroes might have played at that venue uh, or uh, you know, I've always wondered yeah. whether it was intimidating. But talking about uh, heroes that leads us to the singles you've done, right? You have uh, Heroes and you have uh, The River. Can you talk a little bit about Heroes? Let's start by talking a little bit about Heroes. What's the song about? Sure. Um <clears throat> yeah, I mean hero heroes even though it says who are heroes and then my next line is and do they lie. Yeah. So it's 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 not a anti-hero song. It's sort of a song that says be careful who you look up to, be careful yeah. who you're watching on the television. Um there's certain people that have agendas and yeah. and you got you got to be careful. It's not always what you see. Yeah. And that's basically the structure of the feeling that I wanted to get out. Who are you heroes and do they lie? It could be about anything. Yeah. You know, it could apply to you differently than it applies to me. It Absolutely. doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's what we were trying to to get out. And I think everything that's going on in the world today, I think you could kind of see, you know, who are your heroes. You yeah, know? no, I think like you 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 brilliantly sung and written, you know, it's about Uh, you have uh, you know celebrity heroes and you have uh, cultural heroes right so it's important and one is elevated essentially by the media and the other actually makes a difference to people's lives right cultural heroes i think make a difference to people's lives so i think it's very apt that you say you ask that question who are your heroes and it's important for people to be able to discern and to be able to know who your heroes are yeah absolutely yeah yeah definitely and 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 not only that um Sometimes your heroes are right in front of you. Yeah. Your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, you don't need to look. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you know, there's no reason to look past that. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of times people they overlook what's right in front of them. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Who are your uh, heroes growing up? Uh, musically? Yeah, musically. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it would it would start with my brother. My brother Joey was um, we were a lot of years apart. I was 14 years apart from him, but when he was in high school, I was you know just a little baby. Um, he uh, he was signed to Atlantic Records already, and uh, he had he had a great musical career going. And then I have a first cousin, uh, Joey Franco, and he. He, he was actually a drummer. Uh, he played in Twisted Sister for a little while. He's played on numerous records everywhere from, uh, he played on Taylor Dane, played on Mariah Carey's first stuff. He's just an awesome drummer. And growing up, I was always at parties and he was never there. He was always had, there was always a cool story. My uncle would always say, oh, well, he's, he's playing here and he's playing there. And I, was, I used to sit there and be like, oh, wow, I want to do that. Like, you know, so um, it, it started with the family, you know, with those two people. And I just slowly got into it. And uh, it's weird because I, I come from a family that really didn't encourage it. Like my mom, mm -hmm. you know, she was naturally worried, like, you know, do something, you know, you know, parents like they want you to be safe and yeah. and stuff. It's just something that you just do like you don't you know if you're gonna if you truly love it you just do it you don't choose to do it yeah you know and, yeah and so uh but that's how that's how basically i got started uh, amazing music. amazing um you know the the other song you have written the other single is called the river can you talk a little bit about that and the the just the feeling in that song and what that's about Lay me down and wash me in your river mm -mm. Travel the long road My past is taking its toll Yeah, the, uh, the river is um, the river symbolizes uh, someone who's gone through life and just can't find their way yet, mm -hmm. and and they don't really know what it is they're looking for even. So it's sort of like the the river is like a, a cleansing, a symbol of cleansing. You know, wash away. You know, wash like. Give me a little bit of what you want from me. That's what the bridge says. Mm -hmm. Like what, what, whoever that person is that you're talking to, it doesn't matter. But I, yeah. I need guidance here. Like I just give me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mm -hmm. want to know. So um, that's why, you know, the river is going to save me. So the river could be anything. But basically, it's it's someone who just wants to find their way. They haven't found it yet. Like they yeah. they, they have like, that. Yeah, so I think that, that, I, I think it's nice that there's some ambiguity there, and even with the with both the videos, right? While the visuals are absolutely great, I think there's there's room for it to grow in your head, and for you to imagine and takeaways. And our takeaways could be different on both of it, right? Yeah, and 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 you know what? And I, that's the way I I try to write is um 
what we try to write, but you know, if I come up with lyrics, I don't want to tell you what to think. Yeah. I, I, I give you a generalized thing and whatever it is to you. Cool. You know, that's, I like that. Like you could, you could tell me what it means to you. Yeah. And I could be like, awesome. You know, it yeah. might not have been, I was thinking, but who cares? I mean, that's, that's what music's supposed to be. It's supposed to mean something for everyone. And it's, we're, we're not, I'm not telling anyone what to do with think. Yeah. This is, this is your music. And yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it is personal, right? And each of us relate to things differently. We relate to visuals and, uh, you know, words differently. And I think that's what it's about. Can you, um, can you talk a little bit about the production of both the songs? Yeah. The, um, <clears throat> well, like I said, Mike Mostert, the guitar player and my partner in the band, he, uh, he produces all the stuff. So the, the way we did it because of the lockdowns was that basically we, when we originally, when we're writing ideas, we, mm -hmm. we would do it over the phone. Like he would send me an idea and I would sing over it and I would send him back apart. Then he would go into the studio with a little drum machine to start off with and record the guitars. Then he send it to me and I have, I have my own vocal studio at my house. And I would sing like, hey, you know, like heroes. Who are you heroes? Like I came up there. Like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, so we would go back and forth like that. And that's basically how we credit. And then once we got the song to a point, then we brought the musicians in. Then he laid the, the music down. Mm -hmm. And then I sang. Then he sent that to me. And then I sang it. And then we would then finish it off. And, and then he would sit there and mix it, and produce it. So... He's definitely put a lot more time into it than I have because he has to do all the tedious stuff like drum sounds and bass sounds and trying to reel everything in so it all sounds like the way we want it yeah, to. Yeah. So, um, you know, my job is the melodies, the lyrics, and actually, you know, and singing, singing the song. Um, and we go back and forth on, well, that, that line's good, but change this line. And so, so, you know, one good thing that came out of the lockdown is that we uh, were able to focus and, and write and maybe write better than we would have if we didn't have that focus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, and now we're, now we're hopefully loosening up as far as this COVID thing. I don't know. But um, hopefully now, like I said, we, we, if we have an EP and, you know, hopefully yeah. maybe there's an opportunity to start playing shows. So we tried to make a very big negative out of a positive for us. And that, and that's how, but that's how we went back and forth. But as far as the production and that's all, that's all Mike down, done down in Muscle Shoals at East Avalon Recorders down in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And, um, you know, I think as well as a guitar player, Mike is an amazing uh, producer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we're just, this is the sound that we're trying to get out there and, and hopefully that everyone likes it. Yeah. Yeah. But Tony, tell me, do you think there's a tendency to, with so much technology around, do you think there's a tendency to overproduce something? Is, is, there, yeah, is that there, a danger? Well, yeah. I mean, well, in rock and roll like this, and, and when I mean my modern classic rock, like that genre I told you about, it's, it's, it's great live human music. There's no, I, I, I could probably speak for, well, a couple bands that I know, I definitely could speak for myself. There's no pitch shift. There's no yeah, correct. I, I was just going to ask you that. No, yeah. yeah, there's no live. And if you listen to like 
old Deep Purple, you listen to Led Zeppelin, or you listen to those bands, they're amazing, but it, you can't put the drums to a click track. Yeah. It, it, that wavers. You can't, you know, there's, there's parts that Robert Plant hits that are a little sharp, a little fun, but who cares? It's it's awesome. So that's that's what that's what we are. Like, we, we're not overproducing. All we're trying to do is get the song out the best possible presentation. And sometimes that's, instead of having five guitar tracks, only do two. Yeah, yeah. The song needs to speak. Yeah. You know, as well as the parts. Sometimes the drummer, you know, the drummer in certain sections, let the lead vocal take the lead. And then, okay, now it's the drummer's turn. And, you know, so there's there's an art to all that too. Um, but there's definitely a lot of overproduction in certain genres for sure. I mean, you know, I mean. Exactly to a point where the uh, where the emotion is lost, right? I mean, the, the at the end right. of the day, it's uh, uh, it, it's about the emotion in the music, and if that goes away, then uh, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, that's why we're attracted to that to this genre, this rock and roll, because it 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 is emotion, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of you know, we won't men- mention artists, but there's a lot of people that just it's perfect, and it's been fixed. But it doesn't sound human. Yeah, it's 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 a great song, and if you want, if you want to do that, then hey, man, I'm I'm all for. It. I don't put anybody down. Yeah, I, I can see if anybody's successful, they earned it, and they do do a lot of work. But um, there are there is cases where it's just like, okay, this is like this, yeah. this is too much. This forty nine horns and the vocals are perfectly in tune and it's like as an artist i'm like okay well you know i mean that's i mean it's a it, but but the stuff's great you know yeah, um, yeah. you know I, but we, we we do write our own songs mm-hmm. and then and there's a lot of bands out there that do write their own songs especially in the genre where we're in that we're in but in other genres you know it could have 14 writers writing their songs for them. yeah I mean, let's take a break and introduce you to our sponsor Tales from the Road is brought to you in association with Baba Prasad and Digi Sound Studio Chennai. Baba is a Wave certified sound engineer and he also runs the Digi Sound Academy, the only institute in India for Wave certification. Digi Sound Studio has also been recognized by NPR Radio New York for outstanding production quality. Welcome back. Yeah, but but tell me just to talk a little bit about your writing uh, process. Uh, how do you write songs? Is it driven by emotion or is it a reflection of things that are happening around you? How, how do you write? Um, <clears throat> well, with, with, with me, um, well, the way, the way we were writing, like I said, Mike would come up with like a guitar riff, mm-hmm. right? And <clears throat> Okay, I like that, you know. And then I would get a certain feel off the guitar riff or maybe the drum beat with the guitar. I get a certain feel, like if I... It might make me feel like rah, angry or it might make me feel like whatever that emotion is. And then I tend to write out of that feeling. And then, okay. I, and then I start to come up with, you know, I might have words written down and be like, oh, yeah, I, w- I want to get that message out. And I'm kind of pissed off when I think about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this fits, like that music fits. And it might be another song that that doesn't fit, you know. So I kind of... I kind of put the emotion to the to the music to the guitar riff, mm-hmm. and and that's the way nice. we've been. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times I don't have the world. A lot of times I'll 
I'll sing and I'll, I, I call it mush mouth. Like I'll just sing nothing words, but I, I'm getting the melody. I'm getting the, the emotion and I'm getting the timing. And then I'll go in and I'll be like, okay, well now this has got to make sense lyrically. So sometimes I write that way too. Nice. So it's all emotion. Yeah. But, but, but how do you know um, sometimes that you have an idea worth pursuing? I mean, there are, are there times when you'd, when you'd listen to a riff or you're like, no, this is just not going to work or how, how do you know when you have an idea worth pursuing? Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I guess through our experience, like we know, like if something's like, oh, that's cool. And then, and then we might do something and be like, nah, that's, that's cliche. Like, you know, I have a problem with, you know, it's like, yeah, it's good, but I heard it before. Like yeah. I've heard it. I mean, you, you've always heard things before. We're not reinventing the wheel, but yeah, you kind of want something to kind of jump out at you and be like, Ooh, that's kind of cool the way that happened. Correct. Yeah. Not just like a typical, okay, here comes the bridge, here comes the chorus. So we, we, we try not to, we try to have our own sound and fit into that rock and roll, you know, genre. You know? Yeah. But, but uh, Tony specific uh, to you, to the vocals, when you sing, how hard is it, or is it hard at all for you to not sound like your influences when you sing? Um, well, I, I think it, I think your yeah, influences come out. I, I I couldn't sound like the people. Like I sound similar to certain people, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sound like them. All, all I do is I try to, you know, through the years of all the singers that I admire. I try to develop my own style, but but there are times where it's like, ooh, that sounds like him. Or that sound, and it might not be the sound. It might be that's what. Yeah. That's like a phrase he would do, and then maybe when certain people are listening, they might be like, mm, I like that way, but I heard that before. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a compliment to the artist that 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 I like. I mean, that there's there's certain things that, but we're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, you know, Steven Tyler. Had influences, right? Robert Plant had influences. Absolutely, yeah. Carnell, Chris Carnell had influences. You know, so we all try to pull from that, but we're not copying that. We're, we're trying to bring that in our in our own style. So I have a few singers or artists that I try to put into my own style. And uh, yeah, yeah. So. But you know, talking of a distinct sound for the band, you spoke about the genre. Um, you used a Hammond. Um, organ on these tracks, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's a that's a, a an important part of the sound. It, it's sort of like the um, I don't know if you're familiar with the early uh, Deep Purple kind of stuff. Yeah, I am. Yeah, and uh, it's not the typical, you know, it's a rock song and you put a keyboard in. It's it was it was it was more to it. It gave it depth, and and we're trying to capture that. Use a, a they have an amazing keyboard player too. Um, but we, we we thought the B three Hammond would give it a texture to it that um, you don't really hear in place. That that's the sound that's coming out of mm-hmm. that place. Now if we you know we always say like if we would have recorded these songs in L A or New York. It would feel like we're, we're, we're bringing rock, we're bringing a little bit of that and we're mixing it with old school rock. And that's, that's how we, that's how we're yeah. coming up. Yeah. There's no doubt the Hammond. Uh, one of the best uh, Hammond, you know, the B3 players in the world. I mean, uh, the guy's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Clint. I mean, if you look him up, uh, 
you'll, you'll know exactly who, who he's played on and you kind of just break off a little chip of that, you know, and, yeah. and we're lucky that you like us down there. So, um, you know, we're honored, you know? Yeah. No, but, 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 uh, tell me, uh, Tony, now that you, how hard is it, uh, from a marketing perspective, uh, you know, with all the streaming now and all of that, I, I mean, uh, you know, it's changed so much. And it's the way you got noticed was you rehearsed, you played shows. You got the guy with the cigar coming down <laughs> from the record company. And that's that it. it. Yeah. Um, um, you know, so who comes down? Maybe it's about how many streams you're getting. Yeah. And, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a game because it's like you, you need the streams to get attention. But the sad part is they're making the money. And the musicians aren't getting it. So the way we have to subsidize is we have to go out and play and we have to sell shirts and we have to sell tickets. So you need to buy my T-shirt. Yeah. So if you think about a lot of these bands that are out now with all the streams they're doing, if this was back 30 years ago, they would be millionaire. I mean, and, and some of it is you needed to get the attention now. Yeah. And, and then now it's like, okay, well, now I'm doing a tour. So hopefully – you you were streaming my song now. Hopefully you'll be like, hey, I want to go see Tony. The scale and uh, you know the distribution. I think uh, you know it makes sense to use it like that. Uh, but 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 it's interesting, right? How it's evolved. I think the uh, record tapes. Well, no, they, well the way it is now, they they, they don't. But at the same time, it, it's good and it's and it's bad, right? So it's 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 good because you're in control the right way. Yeah, Supplies the limit. But, you know, I think the record company is always going to be around because, let's be honest, the record companies, at least, you know, I've heard this through money for the, for the music, but the artists aren't. Yeah. You know, so, um, but do you, need a, do you need a record company to make it? No, you don't. I mean, it, uh, you know, they, they're selling out, they're selling out five, 6,000 seat places and they don't have a record company. And yeah, exactly. Have, and there's a lot of bands that had deals that, when yeah. you were locked in, you were locked in. So, like I said, there's good and there's bad, but you do know you have to know how to play the game. It's not enough just to be like, but buy it, buy it exactly, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, we're all guilty of it, right? We we'll go we'll listen to a song for free. It's like, okay, well, it's a great song, but how many people are gonna spend on that? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting yeah. because I was talking to uh, one of the UK's biggest festival promoters, and I was asking him. How is your process of discovering new bands and uh, new artists changed? I mean, if, if, if you know how to play the game, you you know it it has its advantages. I'm not I'm not you know down in anything. I'm just saying that it's different than what it used to be. To break through and get your head above that, it, yeah. you really not you got to know what you're doing. And plus, longevity helps too. Yeah, know? longevity yeah. helps. Yeah. So lastly, Tony, anything in cement right now, mm -hmm. nothing locked down, but we, you know, we do have a lot of uh, people in the industry that, uh, that are friends and, uh, we're, we're hopefully going to lock in yeah. and, and, and get our music out. And we're, we're, we're not picky. I mean, you know, if we have some, some of our friends who want to say, Hey, you can open up the show for very humble and, um, we're appreciative of everything, especially like coming on a show like yours, like. You know, we really do appreciate it that you invited us on, and that's and uh, you know, hopefully, Thank I'll you. get to see you guys on the road and maybe do some pictures yeah. for you guys. 
Yes, thank you. We'll we'll do the same. We'll put you on up on our you know social media and stuff. And I will. Awesome. I will. Thank you. Great. Cheers, Tony. Cheers. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Tales from the Road. Tales from the Road is brought to you by the Concert Photographer and Moving Pictures Media. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you for listening.